Hi, everyone. I'm Millie Hast, and I'm very happy to welcome you today to Authors on the Air. And we have an amazing guest today. I'm sitting in for Pam Stack, who couldn't be here today, but I'm thrilled to be here. And uh, I, we have an amazing guest, Laura Drake. Laura is the Rita Award-winning author of no less than 12 novels. So uh, it's just a real pleasure to have us with her uh, with us today. And uh, Laura, it's really, um, you know, we've had the pandemic going on. We've had some weather disasters and some other things going on. It's so nice to escape into your books. <laughs> Thank you. I would love to escape myself. <laughs> I escape into writing them. Well, you have the the current one I want to hold up here is Cowboy for Keeps. Let me see if I can get it on here right. Isn't that an awesome cover? And um, the book the book is great. I really enjoyed it. And um, it's uh, it's been a long and winding road to your to your to this book. Uh, tell us about how you got here. Oh wow! I started. Oh, over 20 years ago. It took me 15 years to sell a book. So if you're out there and you're just starting writing, don't give up. <laughs> um, I was rejected 417 times, which I believe is a record, uh, before I finally got my agent. And it was all worth it because that very first book was the one that got me the Rita. Wow, that's terrific. Most people don't have that kind of good luck with their first book. Uh, it depends. My husband just says it's pure stubbornness, and he's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> but don't tell him that. <laughs> but that's a, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, it worked out for me, right? <laughs> Well, you started out in Detroit, and uh, I'm from the North, too. So how did you get to Texas? And we're both here now. There's another long and windy road. Um, <laughs> my, my sister one year, in, we're looking, staring out at the slushy, dirty snow, watching the um, Rose Bowl parade. And she said, I want to live there. <laughs> And so we sold everything, packed up our two pinos, the cars, not horses, and drove across the country and settled <laughs> in California, sight unseen. We were lucky. <laughs> it worked out okay. It could have gone very wrong. And what did you do in California? Um worked, uh, went to school, got my degree, got married, uh, met my husband who was a Texan. And that's how I eventually ended up in Texas. Because all Texans, even if they're not in Texas, want to be in Texas, which was great <laughs> as far as I was concerned. You know, they say if you're not born in Texas, you have to get here as fast as you can. I'm kidding. It took me a long time, but I'm very happy to be here. I just and you got there. up an accent. I've still got that Detroit thing going, and but I do say y'all. 
oh, well, that's progress, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you got here in an unusual way on the back of a motorcycle. My husband um, is an avid motorcyclist. And actually, it's the only reason we went on a second date. Because the first date, he spent the whole time talking about his horrific divorce. And I'm like, oh, so out of here, right? But then he said, would you like to go for a motorcycle ride? And I thought, wow, he cannot complain about his divorce while, you know, we're riding a motorcycle. So I agreed just because I love to ride motorcycles. And so I rode probably 150,000 miles behind him on the motorcycle before I got my own. So, yeah. And then, and then you've ridden a whole lot more since, too. Right. I've got 100,000 miles on my own. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Love it. The only way to see America, seriously, if you get the opportunity, it's amazing. Now you were um, you were um, working in a corporate job, and how? Tell us how you came to write. Well, you know, I've been a reader since I was four years old, and I've always got at least one book. And I love Kindles because my husband doesn't know how many I have on here, <laughs> and. Uh, so I, uh, we were riding on a motorcycle, uh, but, but writers are so much smarter than me. I never thought I could be an author. And one day we were in the back uh, country of Central California, and there are hill, golden hills and twisty roads, and it's just so beautiful. And we came around a curve, and on the top of this hill was this dilapidated Victorian in the middle of nowhere. And I don't know why, but that house just captured my imagination, wouldn't let go. And I, so on the back of the motorcycle, it gets boring. So I was just thought up plots <laughs> for stories that I knew I'd never write because I'm not smart enough, right? And I sat there probably for a year at the computer trying to convince myself to write this down. And I couldn't do it until I realized I had a delete key. I could write the entire story and nobody needed to know that I was too dumb to do this. I could just delete it. But then, of course, a year later, I finished it. And my goal then was to see a book with my name on the cover. And that's what started. Of course. Wow, that's awesome. And, you know, it's really sad to think that there's probably a lot of people that just think they can't do it and to not have the self-confidence or think that they're smart enough. And, of course, you're smart enough. You're more than smart enough. Everybody, well, almost everybody is. It's mainly a matter of learn as you go. Right. I mean, I think you just start writing and you know what you know. And when you learn better, you go back and edit. And that's what we do. Right. That's how you learn. There's no other way to do it. I think that we get frustrated sometimes thinking this should be faster or we we should get it faster. 
But when you think about it, you wouldn't expect somebody to sit down or yourself at a piano when you don't know how to read music and have never played and expect to get to be a virtuoso in a year. Right. And that's what we expect of ourselves as writers. And it's, it's really a joy killer. Just enjoy the writing. The rest well, will come. You're living proof. You found your joy and look how successful you've been. Have you, um, have you, um, um, when you won the Rita Award, how did that feel? Tell us about that. Your first one of my life. I went, I did not, of course, didn't expect to win, but a double final in the Rita, it was just incredible. And it was right here in San Antonio that year. So it was my home state. So I didn't even have to fly in. I could drive. I rented this gold sequined gown that went to the floor. And it was stunning. And, uh, you know, I mean, you you prepare a speech, but you know you're going to, you feel stupid because you know you're not going to win. But the worst thing would be getting up there and not having anything to say. So, you know, you practice and practice and of course you flub it, but oh my God, I can't tell you that really was a highlight of my life. But don't tell my husband because he thinks he is. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure he knows what the highlights are. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> well, now you, um, you've written 12 novels. 11 of them have been in the romance genre. And then one was a woman's fiction. And I know you're writing some more of that. But um, how, what drew you to romance? I am a hopeless optimist. I am Pollyanna to the 10th degree. I just, I'm, I'm always looking for the good things in life. And I think a lot of it is about your attitude. And so I was drawn to romance because it's always got a happy ending. It always ends with people getting their heart's desires. And I know I have romances sustained me through hard times. And I know it sustained a lot of women through hard times. And I wanted to be a part of that. You know, if somebody read one of my books that was in a bad place and felt better, wow, I'm happy. That, that just makes me so happy. Well, and I bet that's won you a lot of fans, too. I hope so. <laughs> now you call your, um, I was looking on your, on your page and you call your, let's see if I can find it here. Um, Facebook, you mean? Well, maybe I didn't write it down. Um, oh, I, I hope we didn't lose you. You disappeared for a minute. Are you back? <laughs> Good. No, I'm here. Um, I'm that, here. Uh, you, Oh, good. Okay. Um, on your page, you talk about, um, let's see if I can find, ordinary women at the edge of extraordinary change. Right. Tell us right. about that. Well, novels are about change. Um, 
women that start out with a problem, either a, a problem that's developed in their lives or more likely a misunderstanding about how the world works. I've had a, I had many of those <laughs> growing up <laughs> and they're not easy to overcome because first you have to find out that you misunderstand. You think you've got it down, right? You think that you understand everything perfectly, but things aren't working. And that process from the very beginning where you realize you have a problem until you understand what you need to do and third, actually do it, it is a dramatic turmoil time. And that's, I think, what makes a good novel because everybody has those and they understand them. So you have empathy for your character right off the bat. Well, now in your current book, uh, Cowboy for Keeps, here it is again. This is an, such an amazing uh, cover here with this gentleman on yeah. the front. Yeah, <laughs> does a great job with covers. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies, if you haven't seen this, take another look. <laughs> but um, but uh, Lorelei is your main character, and she has a lot to overcome. Tell us about her. And then also Reese, whom she meets. Okay, well, they're kind of perfect opposites. Uh, Lorelai is struggling. She's got an old family home. It's kind of ramshackle. It's an old farmhouse. She's taking care of her mother, who's had a stroke, so she's got some uh, cognitive and physical problems. And she manages the diner in town. And... She's very independent. Even when she needs help, she doesn't ask for it. She has a sister who's more the, uh, what is it, the grasshopper and the ant? What? I can't remember that. Anyway, she is fun-loving and takes no responsibility, really, and is on the road with her current cowboy boyfriend they're on the rodeo road and she loves her sister but wishes she'd come home more often her sister yeah. is killed in an auto accident right at the beginning of the book wow. with her boyfriend and they have a baby a baby that Lorelai and her mother didn't know about yeah. turns out her boyfriend is twin brothers with Reese, the hero of the story. He is a rancher in uh, Texas, but they also have oil and he's got a ton of money. And he's a little clueless when it comes to women. And because of a uh, accident when he was young, he can't have children. So for him to find out he's an uncle and the line will carry on is huge. And of course, he wants to give the baby everything. So there's an instant conflict there, even though there is attraction. It's an emotional. And line. it just goes kind of downhill for a while. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> but the attraction. Well, do these characters have a base? I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to ask, do these characters uh, have a basis in your own life or how did you dream them up? No, they don't. Um, although I think anybody who writes characters, there are pieces of people you've known, right? Um, are, your, are your neighbors and friends going to be saying, hmm, I wonder if that's me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have any villains, so that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that they do. I usually start with the female character. That's where I start because that's what I know the best, right? Mm -hmm. And I figure out who she is, and then the hero becomes whatever would she would spark off of, right? Here she is working hard for every penny doesn't want any help and here comes with the uh, here comes a rich guy who all he wants to do is help and they can't get away from each other because the baby Sawyer means so much to them both and I better shut up before I tell the whole book <laughs> <laughs> well you hear that listeners to find out what happens you're gonna have to read this book and um, um you, the setting is New Mexico, um, and then uh, the ranch in Texas as well. What made you pick? I love the name of the town, Unforgiven New Mexico. Tell us right. about that. It, the, the three books in the series, they can each one be read as a standalone, but the commonality is Unforgiven New Mexico. Mm -hmm. I struggled for the, heart, for the longest time to find a name for that town. And when I thought it up, I thought for sure I had heard it. But it isn't a town in New Mexico, so I stole it. <laughs> um, I love New Mexico. New, if I didn't oh, live too. in Texas, I would want to live in New Mexico. We took a bicycle trip across New Mexico once. And this, the land and the weather and the sky, oh my gosh, it is so beautiful. So that's Well, it is. You know, Georgia O'Keeffe was a New Yorker and she picked New Mexico to uh, for the wonderful light so that she could paint. So- I completely get that. If you, yeah. I mean, if you haven't been to New Mexico, give yourself a treat and go. It's incredible. It's one of my Santa Fe and Taos, one of my favorite areas in the whole world. Um, well, so Lorelei, uh, well, we can't really tell what happens, although what happens is fascinating. <laughs> they really have a lot to overcome in this story. How do you throw up those roadblocks? Who knows where, the, I, man, I mean, you're a writer, Millie. Where do they come? I wish I knew where they came from because maybe I'd be able to control them better. Because as an author, that's the most, at least for me, that's the scariest thing. A lot of authors get a ton of ideas and have a hard time sitting down and writing them out because another idea takes their attention. I'm not like that. I always feel yeah. like whatever 
idea I get is going to be my very last one. And thank God, knock on wood, it hasn't happened yet, but that is the fear. Well, I've had things come to me in dreams sometimes. And also the shower, the shower is great. If you're yeah, ever stuck, a take lot of, a lot of writers say that. Or exercising, out walking. That's a good. And you said riding on the back of the motorcycle, you started thinking up plots for stories. Yep. And when I ride, my bicycle is actually another really good place for me to get ideas. There's something about your brain, your conscious brain is occupied with balancing and and watching for cars and all that, that allows my creative brain for some reason to throw all this stuff up. Well, I don't know why, but it's wonderful. Uh, here's someone, uh, a listener who commented. Leanne, that Leanne lived in Aztec, New Mexico, and uh, some other, their neighbors rode motorcycles. <laughs> I don't know where Aztec is, though. I haven't been there, I don't think. Well, I haven't either, but that sounds like a place to go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Have to put it on the list. That's right. Well, um, so you have some other projects, some new new projects in the works, right? Tell us what's, what's happening. I'm actually waiting to hear this week ah. on a submission of another women's fiction. Um, it's, oh my gosh, it was so fun to write. It's a road trip story. Oh. It's a uh, uptight perfumer and her hippie grandma on a road trip on Route 66. Oh, and, wow, that sounds great. Oh, it's a, I just love that story. I can't wait to have it out so everybody can read it. Hint, there's a goat in a convertible. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, we'll have to watch for that one. But in the meantime, we can read Cowboy for Keeps and and some of your other uh, your other stories. That uh, um, what led you to the to women's fiction to maybe take a little break from romance. I you know I think that all of my books will always have a bit of romance in them, but Women's fiction, I can really hit hard. Um, I, I really like deep emotional stories. And with women's fiction, you can really go there, whether it's spousal abuse or child abuse or, or whatever. And I enjoy writing about that. But again, I'll never leave anybody in a bad place because I can't stand to be there either. Do you pick a theme? Like, do you pick child abuse for a book, maybe, or or uh, well, in women's fiction, some other social? More, I, yeah, that's more what I work towards bringing out. Uh, you know, whether whatever it is, if it's addiction or or whatever, yeah, I I tend to do that. Well, that's that's good. I've read I've read some books that had the theme of climate change or. Uh, domestic abuse and other things like that that uh, 
that are really fascinating. One thing I like when I read a book is to learn something. I mean, I enjoy the the interaction with the characters and the plot and everything, but I also like to learn something. Don't you think most people are interested in that? I Yeah, I do. Well, I know I'm very curious, and I think readers are, right? Because that's yeah. one of the reasons we read. Um, one of my favorite cities in the entire world is New Orleans. And I felt like I was going to know that town before I ever visited it, what the food was going to taste like, what the garden district was like, just from reading. And sure enough, I got there and I knew that town. Yeah, It made it even more uh, precious to me. Well, and you know, to get to your part, from your part of Texas to New Orleans, you know where you have to go through Houston. Oh, yeah. If you're driving. (laughs) I tend to go through Houston fast, though, because your humidity just kills me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We we say that it keeps the wrinkles away. (laughs) Well, I could use some of that, I can tell you. Um, so you have some social media uh, pages and things like that. Tell us about that so that your readers know how to find you. Um, I am on Twitter, Laura Drake Books, uh, but the place I hang out is Facebook. I love Facebook, and most of my readers are there, so it works out well. I uh, maxed out my friend limit. So I created my own group. It's called Laura Drake's Peace, Love, and Books. I love that. (laughs) And the the only rules are no meanness, no politics, no spiders. Other than that, anything goes. What a relief. We have a blast. And it's such a neat thing. I did not plan it, but the people, the members have made it. Because they've gotten to know each other and become friends, and everybody posts and tags each other, and it's just a blast. We have a great time. I post snark every morning and coffee memes and beautiful pictures and all of that. We have a great time. So, listeners, sign up. That sounds like a really fun place to be. I'll have to check it out, too. Cool. And then... And then um, Let's see. So, and you're on Twitter too. You mentioned that. And you have a website. Tell us about your website. LauraDrakeBooks.com. It's got all of my books, all the information, but I also every Monday post a blog for writers and there's all kinds of craft and inspiration type information on there. So you may want to, you can sign up on my, uh, website and it will come to your email every Monday morning. I did check it out and it looks great. I'm going to be signing up for that. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. So um, now that uh, now that vaccines are getting out into the world and into people's arms, yeah. Are you planning to do some travel and what else? Oh boy, you have no idea. Um, (laughs) I am a fisherman, fisherwoman, fisher. I I catch fish okay. <laughs> on a good day. And we've just moved to North Texas. We were in West Texas, Midland, which has no above ground water. Mm. I survived barely. We yeah. now live, I have 
two lakes and a river within 15 miles of me. Wow. I bought a bass boat and I'm going fishing tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Well, this has been great to talk with you. I really enjoyed it and uh, hope our listeners did too. And can't wait. Uh, you know, I, I read this book and really uh, loved it. And uh, let me see if I can get it on the camera again here. Cowboy for Keeps. Lorelei, Reese is the cowboy and Lorelei gets him for keeps, I guess. <laughs> she does. Without giving away too much. But um, um it was just a, such a pleasure having you on Authors on oh, the Air. Really, thank you so much. And a pleasure to be on Authors on the Air. I'd like to thank Pam Stack for inviting both of us. Yeah, big kiss for Pam. And also uh, our wonderful producer, uh, Roman Saratin. And uh, he certainly helped us get this going and uh, uh, kept us on the air and appreciate it very much. So listeners, thank you for tuning in and uh, see you next time on Authors on the Air. Thank you. <laughs>